Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeff C. And I'm Grace Duffy. And we are excited to be joined today by Lou Mangella as we explore how businesses and brands can use live video and social media to show up and stay connected with customers in a time of uncertainty. And we'll also be joined by Molly Mahoney later in the show. And if you don't know who Lou is, because everybody knows who Lou is, but I'm going to say it anyway. He is the producer and host of WDW Radio, Walt Disney World Radio, and award-winning podcast all about things Disney. He's also an author. He's a speaker and mentor and an expert on creating and building community. And Lou, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, so normally, typically on this show, we go through each of the recent news items and we, you know, talk about them in fairly in-depth with our guests, people like Lou and Molly. And this week, you know, there was a lot of news coming out, but the news is us. The news is how are all of us handling all of this? But there were some news updates. The first of all was like the big one, I think, that is hitting marketers was that Facebook basically detailed plans of how it's shifting operations due to the current global pandemic. It explained how these changes will mean for advertisers, creators, and publishers alike. Basically, with the reduced to remote, newly remote workforce, they're having to rely more on automation. And because of this, advertisers may be facing delays when it comes to reviewing ads and commerce listings. There's going to be delays and re a reduction in appeals. And they're also noting that there will probably be a lower delivery of in-stream ads and other frustrations. And so following suit, like other sites like Twitter and YouTube and other sites, they've also increased their reliance on AI. And I think what this has caused is a lot of anxiety as far as, well, if my things aren't shipping or I don't know if it's going to be flagged or not, like, where are you going to go for help? Everyone's kind of scrambling. So, you know, and we've seen a wave of people, mostly in my feeds, at least it's been social media marketers who are concerned that the Facebook algorithm might be messing with their posts. And I was just wondering, Lou, First off, have you seen any delays on your end and as far as your stuff or what you're seeing from customers or clients or people you're mentoring? Yeah, so I'm seeing it um, personally as well as people in my Facebook group. So I had a friend who had some posts removed and marked as spam saying that they went against community standards, thinking that there's just something in the algorithm that flagged something that was innocuous and treated it as spammy. I actually saw it on Instagram mm. Um I was having problems and it looked like it was treating my links in my link tree in my bio as against community standards and doing some digging and, and talking to Facebook through Linktree. It looks like there was a bug in the newsfeed filter that was causing it to ban or market as spam certain legitimate websites incorrectly. And so they were trying to watch, you know, some maybe false COVID-19 information mm -hmm. and 
some legitimate stuff was being caught up in. So I couldn't comment. I couldn't post that squeal. You heard was me freaking out just a little bit, trying to figure out what it was that I am doing wrong. But it sounds like I'm not the only one that happened uh, in posts and links and bios. There's some people even in the comments here, Melissa saying she's had uh, two taken down just recently. So uh, it seems like it's a, it's a problem that's going on as well. But by the way, you mentioned your Instagram, make sure you go follow Lou's Instagram because he does some really cool stuff, all things Disney and some, you know, He's got a lot of Marvel stuff on there because I think he, he tends to like Spider-Man quite a bit. So, um, <laughs> Lou, you are an expert in engaging community online. I mean, you really are. And so what should brands and businesses uh, be doing at this time when it comes to engaging with their uh, communities online? This is going to fly in the face of logic, but stop selling. And what I mean by that is this. So, for example, for more than a decade, my primary sponsor is a Disney-related travel company, obviously very, very seriously impacted by what is going on. And she was starting to panic, and we sat down, and she said, what do I do? I said, stop selling. I said, what you need to do is be there for your community. You need to start bringing value right away. So stop selling, do outreach saying, how can I help you? Whether you're a client of ours or not, if you're stuck somewhere, if you need to get somewhere, if you have a question, set up a 24-hour hotline. Let them somebody be able to pick up the phone and reach you. Stop worrying about trying to make a sale because it will come around later on when people see what you've done and the value and the help that you've brought them with no expectation of anything in return. And I think even us as individuals, I think you need to be there for your community. And what I have seen you might call it reach and engagement. I call it more involvement by people in the community. So when I have gone live, you know, I'm not a numbers guy, Jeff. I don't right, pay attention right. to the numbers, but right. they are what they are. And the numbers have increased dramatically because I think people need and want just a place to go, a place to see a familiar, comforting face um, that you can share with people. That's why building trust and building real in, like community the right way is so very important. Mm. And to your point, uh, Lou, I, I think the public right now is taking a long, hard look at the goods and services they purchase. And maybe some, and I hate to say this I, as well, but like maybe many are, are just absolutely not relevant to the world right now, which is not to say that they're never going to be relevant or not relevant again, or they can't evolve. But right now it's about being present with your audience. And so simply getting online. So what do you do if you already have things that are already online? Like how do you kind of like make that pivot? It's the same thing, right? Be of service, not of sales. Um, I, I find that as I scroll through Facebook, I don't see a lot of it, but every now and then when you see one of sort of those icky kind of overly yeah. smarmy salesy marketing thing, it's even more icky now as if that was yeah. even possible. Right. So like for me, I'm not a sales guy. I don't sell a lot. But what I see is that by being there and being helpful and present in any way for your community, they will respond in kind. So for example, I have seen, again, not monitoring the numbers, but I've seen an increase in the number of patrons on Patreon. I set up my Patreon, I think the right way you build community first and then set it up because people want to help you. Now they see that too. They see that we as marketers or salespeople, we are having a difficult time too. So I think people are signing up for Patreon even when they're concerned about money because they want to help you because of what you've been giving them mm. for so long. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. 
So I actually watched, I, I popped in uh, this past week on one of your your shows, and I think it was, Grace actually found it, it was, I think it was Missing Disney Effects, Coping, The Future, Your Question Calls, and more. And I saw that come through my feed, so I popped in there. And I was just really impressed about how, and you had people call in, which one, that's scary and if you're doing a live show, but you, you did it really well. But you had them call in and, and they were just talking. I mean, one lady was expressing, you know, she's really worried about her grandma and you didn't know what was going on. And I mean, you were visibly upset, but you just talked to them. And I was really um, impressed at the end because you have some like automatic like things that come up at the end. And you said, I'm not even going to talk about this today. And you just went on. And I think that was a great example of what you were just talking about. It's like, it's not the time to sell. So can you tell us a little bit more about like, I don't know if you'd gone live before that, but what that experience was like and and what made you decide to do that for your community? So I've been going live on Wednesdays for 13 years now, but I will tell you that on Thursday, I was actually in Walt Disney World recording a live review of, of a festival that's going on now. The news broke that, that Walt Disney World was going to be closing. And obviously I stopped what I was doing, the recording for the podcast, and I just felt compelled to go live like right there on mm-hmm. the spot just to sort of have a live reaction. Again, not being a numbers guy, without a doubt, that was far and away the most engagement and meaningful engagement and conversation that we had together as a community. And I think that same thing happened again on Wednesday. People want that safe, comfortable place. And you said, oh, it's calling live, taking live calls like that's scary. It's not scary, man. And I'll tell you why. is because the community has always built and functioned the right way. I've never marketed it. I've never run an ad for it. It's built because, and I say this all the time, like I built the clubhouse, but they are the ones that populate it and they bring in other people for the right reasons, right? We're magnets for the people we want to attract. So it's self-moderating, it's self-policing. And yes, I do say a silent prayer before I take every call, but <laughs> you know, knock on wood, I haven't, it hasn't been a problem because the right people are in there for the right reasons. Well, I think it just goes to show that when you show up for people, people show up for you. Like you set the tone, you set the mode. And I think people came because you came out of respect and out of love. People came to you with respect and out of love. And I think that's a huge lesson. And uh, I dropped the link to Lou's uh, live video in the comments here and we can share it in our article as well so that you can catch that. It was it was really moving and it was it was really great. It was a great example. And I think it's a good example to any business on ways that you can be sensitive mm-hmm. at this time. And then one of the that's one of the reasons why I love live video is because you know we talk about authenticity and how important it is. There is no filter, right? So if something happens and you get upset, I think people appreciate that honesty and that vulnerability too. Mm-hmm. Right. One of the things also um, I wanted to ask you because you said not to sell right now, and so do you have a one? Do you have a time limit? You think you should wait before you start running those Facebook ads again or or whatever? And what if you haven't created community? Some people will say this is an opportunity, but that's the wrong word. But what if you want to start really having community? This is like, I, I want to help and serve these people and come at it that way. Is it too late to start doing that? I don't think it's ever too late, right? Again, as long as your intent is the right. It's not, let me go live so I can sell them at the end. Like right. it's not the way to do it. You need to go live and build community to serve people, right? So for example, I have a community of people who have come to my workshop or I've worked with one-on-one or mastermind. I said, look, we need to just sort of get together. I know you're all going through the same thing I am, which is this fear and this uncertainty and this doubt and everything else. I said, let's just do a virtual mastermind call right now. Whoever wants to come on, there's no charge. So I had 50 people come on yesterday. 
I thought we were going to go for like an hour and a half. We were there for like four and a half hours and just giving people an opportunity to express themselves, express concern, work in that mastermind environment. I didn't sell a thing. I didn't say, oh, by the way, if my group is coming up and we've, I didn't do any of that. But at the end, people were like, man, thank you so much for doing that. Like I needed that. It reinvigorated me. I made a relationship and it wasn't the intent, but you know, when is your next mastermind group forming? Or can I work with you? Can I take this conversation, you know, beyond this? So it wasn't the intent of doing it. The intent was just to serve, Mm -hmm. but people will remember that farther down the line. That's awesome. So I know this has impacted you because you do uh, live, you do in-person events, you you have these experiences, you have uh, these mastermind groups that meet up and you work with Walt Disney World and that's been shut down. So a lot of people are talking about taking these things virtual, like concerts or reading classes, you know, reading books or whatever. Is there any best practices that you found when it comes to taking events that were once in person and shifting them to be online? Yeah, so I've always done in-person meets of the month um, in Walt Disney World for 12 years, whatever it is. Um, I had one scheduled for this month before the announcement came down. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I canceled that and just sort of, I didn't think this out, obviously. I said, oh, let's just do our meet of the month virtually. We'll do a group Zoom call. It looks like I'm going to have to upgrade my plan. So, and we'll figure it out. Um, And again, trying to, it looks like we have, you know, a couple hundred people registered for it. I'll figure out the logistics when it comes, but I think it's not going to matter, man. I think people just, again, want to have that thing to look forward to, a place to come together and just talk. There's no agenda. There's no, obviously, selling. It's just a place for us to gather. Uh, and I think just seeing all those other people in there and just sort of having a, a a casual conversation is exactly what people want. That's awesome. And so I know you started out as, a, you're like one of the OG podcasters. I think we were talking about this. You had the first iPod with the the wheel on it. And I mean, even before that, when you had to do all these special things to get your podcast over onto a device. You build up a huge podcasting community where people are listening to you every week. What does it take to move a community to another space? Because I think that's really fascinating because you still have a huge podcast and moving that to, you know, Facebook lives or these in-person meetups. How does that work? And how did, what are some best practices there that you've learned? Well, I don't think it's really moving, right? I think it's an extension. The podcast is still the nucleus of what I do, mm-hmm. but the weekly live video, the meets of the month, the special events, the other th- the, the running team, all those things are extensions of that. Um, so again, I've been doing the live stuff for 13 years now, but it's an extension of the podcast, meaning that you know, we've always, we always sort of just create content. We push it out and we wait for a response. The live thing allows me and the listener to participate, not just in the content, but in that one-on-one conversation, right? I want people to feel like I'm having a conversation with you in this room full of other people. So I think it's a natural extension. I think all of us as podcasters, if you feel comfortable with it, I think live video is a perfect marriage of the content that you create, like in an evergreen podcast, you can talk about things that are current events. It can have that two-way dialogue. It's a different type of dynamic. And I think the content complements one another. Mm, that's a great point. So, um, Grace, do you have another question for Lou? Cause I think yeah. I saw you coming up in the notes there. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. I do. I have one other question. I know that I just shifting through the comments earlier and before the show, I know we have a lot of people listening right now that are, they don't have a team. They don't have an agency. They're out there doing this on their own. And Lou, I'd love to get your advice or your wisdom on 
on or to share it with them about, you know, what advice do you have on people that are just doing it on their own? Like they, they're an individual solopreneur. They don't have a team. They are freaking out. They're trying to keep their business afloat and now do marketing. What can you say to them? So a little peek behind the curtain is it's just me in this office, right? Yep, so exactly. um, I think for a lot of us, um, we there's almost this appearance of it being this organization. Yes, there's a there's a group of people that write for the blog because I never took typing in high school. My mom thought it's better you take Latin than typing. So I don't write in the blog, but you, even again, sort of this now more than ever, we are wearing so many hats, we're spinning so many more plates but I think we have to sort of focus on the things that are really most important, right? So for me, getting that podcast out every single week is most important. Getting the newsletter out every single week is most important. Engaging, like in a, and I keep using this meaningful way, not just clicking like on people's comments, but going in and responding, being there for your community, that is of paramount importance. The other things, they'll wait, they'll be there. You can get back to, writing your blog post or whatever it might be. But I think those are the things sort of real time as they're happening uh, are most important to concentrate on. Yeah. That's awesome, Lou. Well, we could talk to, with you all day because, I mean, I, I really, guys, if you want to see how community is done and done really, really well, you need to, to follow Lou and his stuff. But Lou, tell everybody where they can find out more about you, your podcast, and all the stuff you got going on. So you can find everything I do on the Disney side of things at WDWradio.com. And you can find everything else that I do at LouMongello.com. Awesome. So go make sure you check him out. Lou, thank you so much for your time today. And we will make sure to get you back on shortly. So thanks so much. Stay safe. All right. So next up, we have Molly. So let me uh, get her uh, up here in the comments really quick. So Lou's... um, his podcast is amazing. And seriously, he has been doing it for so long and he's just really activated his community. And it's really cool to see. I can tune in on, on Wednesdays on his uh, Facebook page now, now that I know that he's doing that. They're really great. I mean, I just, (laughs) I was just, it was so great to watch. And there's Molly. Hey Molly. So good to see you. Yes, it does. It still works. (laughs) So now we have uh, Molly Mahoney joining us. If you haven't heard of Molly, it's uh, probably because she's known as the prepared performer all over the web. So if you see that name going around, that's who it is. She is a master at helping people increase their visibility and shine online. She's an expert on running highly converting ads, hosting Facebook live broadcasts, creating Facebook messenger bots that serve clients and customers. Molly, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it today. I am so honored and just, I love Lou so much as well. So I know you guys, I'm so grateful to be able to spend time with you. And I just think that everything that Lou has said has been so great as well. So I'm glad to dig even deeper. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We're glad to get your take on this, especially someone who does a lot of Facebook Live and does show up for her audience and her clients and her customers in every way possible. And so I'm really looking forward to sharing with people who aren't doing that because this is a time when it's never been more important. I mean, it ties in with everything that Mike Stelzner said at the keynote at Social Media Marketing World, but it's like really for all businesses, this is a time where you've got to be brave and push that button and show up. And I love what Lou said about stop selling, which is actually something that I say all the time, stop selling, start celebrating, start connecting and your business will continue to grow. So I know people are freaked out and I think it's good advice. 
I love that. Stop selling, start celebrating. That's fantastic. So, well, we do have a little piece of news that we wanted to um, interject in this as part of our conversation. So a Facebook bug wrongly removed posts in its commitment to fight misinformation this week. So spoiler alert, as we are broadcasting this to you now, whether you're here live or on the podcast, the issue has been addressed and resolved. Um, it was a combination of one shifting staffing around the world, relying more on the algorithm, and plus also trying trying to limit the amount of misinformation that's out there. So those two yeah. things kind of combine. I think there's a lot of stress on the algorithm. And again, you know, they are aggressively working. They aggressively worked to resolve this and they did awesome. admit that it was because of this. But, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, Reddit, other tech companies are also doing the same thing where they're relying more on automation. I think it makes uh, those of us that have public accounts or business accounts or pages a little bit nervous because, you know, what if you were to get suspended at this time? Yeah. What do we do? Yeah. It's scary. So, Molly, you recently, if I remember right, had your account suspended not too long ago. Can you tell us what happened and what you had to do to get uh, reinstated? Because I bet, you know, now that they're going this automation stuff, it's going to even be harder for people. So can you kind of walk us through that? Yeah. And I, I was honestly afraid to share this at first. And then I realized as someone who's so visible in this space, and I always, you know, I'm always sharing everything. I love how Lou shared that he got kind of choked up on his video. I think I've, I've cried more on Facebook Live in the past week than I ever have in my life. But I, yeah, so I have shared about this publicly. I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you quickly what happened, how we fixed it and what you can do in case this happens to you. Because the craziest thing that is that we really didn't do anything wrong. And I'm out there teaching people how to, you know, stay compliant. I'm so obsessed with it and uh, it can happen. And I think a big thing is because we're shifting into adding more artificial learning, they are using more artificial learning to flag things. And they're trying to protect us, not only in this crazy time, but also in the crazy time of the elections that are coming up. So it's like approaching all of this with some grace and realize, oh, grace, huh? And realizing that we're so fortunate to have these tools and we need to make sure that we're protecting ourselves and our own business. So before I even share what happened and how we fixed it, first and most importantly is make sure that you're owning your own list or community, that we use these social media tools to show up and provide value and it gives us this ability to connect. But if all of your content and all of your contacts are on that social media platforms Mm -hmm. and something breaks, even if it's not your account getting shut down, what are you going to do? So you have to make sure that we download everything with repurpose.io. We're moving people through a messenger bot to email and phone numbers to build that community out of these platforms as well. That's great. Okay. So So here's what happened. happened I got a message that was like, you know, 5.30 in the morning, I had received a message. This was in January that said, your business manager was blocked. So at first I thought it was just one ad account. And then I realized, oh, no, no, no. The first time it happened actually, because it happened twice. The first time they said, your Facebook ads account has been shut down. And I was actually at an in-person event and I was sitting next to two girlfriends at this event. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Go into like hot flash, freak out mode. Luckily, I have helped other people with this in the past. So I was pretty calm, actually. So I hit the appeal button and I sent a very heartfelt, real human being message Mm -hmm. explaining how I aim to help other people to, you know, show up and stay compliant. I actually said, which I had heard this as a tip from some other people. I said, if there is anything that I did wrong, please, I, you know, I want to know and I want to make sure that not only I can fix it, but I can help others to fix it. 
And what I heard as a key is that there will be a human reviewing it, right? You Mm -hmm. ask for a human appeal. If it gets denied the first time again, it's going to be a different human that appeals at the next time. And all you really need is to get that one human who connects with you and understands this was a mistake and fixes it. Gotcha. So for us, that first time, it was actually fixed within 24 hours, which I know is not the case for most people, but they brought it back right away. And I was like, oh my gosh, phew. And holy smokes, I got to protect myself, right? right? So I started protecting myself. I probably, even though I preach this, I did not practice it as well as I preach. And then it happened again. I had, are you ready for it? Seven ad accounts shut down. Then my whole business manager was shut down. Now I am mostly offering coaching programs. We have a program called camera confidence about live video. We have a program called glam go live and monetize. So it didn't affect that really because we do a lot of organic stuff, but we have done for you clients. So then I was blocked out of all of our done for you clients, like their ad accounts who are running ads for every Uh week. I was like, wait, are you actually kidding me right now? And I I went to an event. I was, I actually was featured on the coalition to save internet business. And I was like, maybe I manifested this so that I had something to talk about. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And at that event, I was talking to my friend, Elliot Pittman, who works with Ryan Levesque of the ask method. And I said, I feel like I'm showing up here with this scarlet letter, like confessing that this has happened to me. And literally the next day in January, after it happened to me, you post, you guys put that awesome article out about how to fix it. Mm-hmm. So like everyone was sending it to me. Yeah. From that event. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can thank Lisa and our editorial staff. Right. For that. They, awesome. they knew you needed it. Yeah, so. Thank you. I was like, uh. so how long was it down for this time? I mean, you'd had uh, all that time. It honestly, it was, it was a different, it was weird because it was three different stages of being shut down. And after this, well, and Elliot also said, this is a badge of honor, not a scarlet letter, which just so you know how he was like, I bet you every single person in this room has had this happen to them. So know that it's okay. And that's where I was like, "Uh," it still makes me nervous to talk about it. But so it was about a month. And what it was, was we got the ad accounts. Well, first we had to get the business manager back. So they brought the business manager back, which Thank goodness gracious. Then, because I had created backup ad accounts and they were all in the same business manager. So Uh, that didn't help anything. Um, So then I got the ad accounts back. Then in the middle of all of this, wait for it. My flipping messenger was shut down on my business page. (laughs) (laughs) What did you do to to, to get the the wrath of Facebook? What happened? It's well, a seven plagues of Facebook. I know. Like, seriously, <laughs> seriously. So, and the crazy thing about that, because that one I was really nervous to talk about talking about, because then I was heading to social media marketing world to speak about, l- luckily I was speaking about how to show up on camera, not about bots like I did last year. <laughs> <laughs> but I was at social media week, Austin, speaking about bots and my bot was broken. My bot actually came back the day that I spoke at social media marketing world. That was the day that they brought it back. Wow. But mine was shut down. I'm going to say this because I know she's in public about it. Kelly Mirabella's was shut down and she was speaking in social media marketing world also. And so was Mackenzie Lieberman. So what we think who is huge in the mini chat community and does so much to provide value and stay compliant. Now I will say Kelly and Mackenzie are a little on the safer side than I am because I very publicly admitted that there's some things that I think are legit that may actually be a little, uh, we may Great message more than we're supposed right. to, but I, I'm really open about that. So I was like, if I'm taking the hit for the team, but then when Kelly and McKenzie got shut down, I was like, no. So I think they're just working through these transitions. And because I'm so active, it hit me first. So that sounds like all you could do is really uh, appeal. So how did you, 
during this time, I'm sure freak out. Plus you're <laughs> plus you're speaking. I mean, there's there's a little bit of pressure. So how and did you can't you, reply to anyone? Not even the bot. I can't reply to humans. Right. So you're stuck. <laughs> yeah. So what did you do for your business? You said you there was some stuff that you did that you could take offline that you yeah. Liked. So we luckily we had email addresses. We actually had started to really heavily collect phone numbers as well through ManyChat. And it's so great that ManyChat, our favorite tool for building bots, did this and it gave us this ability so that we could text message everyone. And for us, really, it's like we're focused so much on organic content. I d- nothing really changed my business at all. <laughs> well, I think that's important to hear is that yeah. you had done this beforehand, so it wasn't a big hit. Right. And so we show up, continue to show up, continue to serve, continue to connect as human beings. And that's something we're really, we're so big about, which I love you guys so much for that also. And this is whether or not you're a a brand that's like, has a face like I do, or you're a, a tool. If you can be connecting with your community even better. Right. And, and I didn't freak out and then just pull away. I kept showing up. I kept putting out content on other places and realized maybe this was actually a blessing in disguise. And I I said to my team that this is forcing me to actually step into the CEO position because as things were given back, my account was the last thing to be, you know, allowed access again. And so I had team members who could do stuff. It was like, show up as the human that you are and let your team do what they're supposed to do. So that was a big thing for me too. And then really with the appeal process, in addition to that, I went to, not everybody has this ability, but I went to the chat aspect or the chat option on Facebook where you can talk to human beings. And there was one guy named Anthony, Anthony at Facebook. I love you. He literally called me like 15 times. Wow. Which awesome. I couldn't believe I was getting phone calls from them because he, he didn't have the ability to reinstate it, but he still was staying connected to me to make sure that I knew they were bumping it. And that I mean, they were actually, even though we don't hear this very often from Facebook, I think because I showed up as a human, they showed up as well. Mm. Right. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Also, just like really, I want to put out there that like the strategies that we're using and the strategies that we're teaching, which are so similar to what you guys put out, it's, you know, yes, we're using ads. Yes, we're doing this other stuff, but it's based on those human connections, which was the theme of everything at Social Media Marketing World. And it sounds redundant. It's like a common practice, but it's not commonly practiced. So I was so grateful that we were able to, we still had those relationships in place and the way that we're putting our content out there feeds the Facebook machine as well. So we're encouraging comments. We're encouraging conversations that are out in the open in our groups and stuff. So if anything, our business has increased over the past couple of months with mm-hmm. all of this happening. Awesome. And, and there's a mindset piece of that too. Right. Right. And to your point, Molly, like we rely so heavily on these platforms for doing business one way or another, both yeah. personally and professionally, but there's so many different parts of it. So the issue about them flagging posts, that was posts, right? It was just posts. There's also videos. Right. It wasn't videos. It wasn't stories. It wasn't live videos, which I know well, is your like sweet spot there. So I've had like randomly without even a warning, just live videos disappear. So, okay. and when this, like, I haven't had it happen this time, but we've had, mm-hmm. you know, files disappear and stuff like that. So just as a best practice for that, repurpose.io will automatically download every single live video that you put out and put it into a Google Drive for you so that you're able to maintain and like save your content. So. And it's just repurpose.io. Yeah. It's one of the best tools we've invested in for just keeping, making sure we're controlling our content. So let's talk about all the ways that we can, in spite of all this, continue showing up for our audiences, right? Like what are some ways that brands and businesses operating and marketing online right now can continue to show up? Yeah. So 
and and in this, I really, as I, I shared earlier, I I want to open your mind, especially if you have clients who are in a position like chiropractors, dentists, even restaurants, where the product or service that you deliver is in person, like Disneyland, for example, right? I mean, luckily they have Disney Plus and other types of ways to monetize, but you may have clients who don't have other ways to monetize. And this is an awesome opportunity for them to actually, as you were saying earlier, build an extension of their business that when they come back, I mean, real life will come back at some point, right? <laughs> right? Uh, but now we're going to focus on real live. And so it's, it's, this is an opportunity for them to get those things set up so that they can have an even more full engaged community as we go forward. Awesome. So I have um, a couple of questions, actually. I did a, a session with a friend who has an after-school program for underprivileged youth in New York City. And she, many of them don't have the internet. They don't have, you know, Facebook. They, so we did a whole series for her yesterday, a whole session for her yesterday. And I have some questions that I wrote down that I thought would be great for you to ask yourself or your clients. Can I share those? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the first one you're going to ask yourself is, who are you? Like, actually as a human being. I, we have seen the playing field is even. If you saw the um, the Tonight Show, oh my gosh, the second night that they did it, it was Jimmy Fallon and Lynn manuel Miranda, all from home with their kids. All of the lower thirds were drawn by their kids. It was amazing. the best ever. Yeah, yeah. Did you see it? Yeah, yes. it was amazing. Oh my gosh. And they all had like messy bed hair, which I was even better. Yeah. I was just, Conan's doing the same thing. It's, like it's amazing. Yeah, I heard Stephen Colbert's doing yeah. it too. I The only one I've seen so far was that one episode with Lin-Manuel Miranda. And it, it just made me like, oh my gosh, I, it was so awesome. And it really levels that playing field. So you really, the fear, push the fear away. Everybody's messy in at home right now. So it's it's awesome, right? <laughs> right? Then you want to ask yourself, who do you serve? So you know, who are your clients and who are the people that are in your community and ask yourself, where are they showing up right now? Like what platforms are they most on? Are they more on Instagram than they're on Facebook? Are they more on LinkedIn? Are they more on, you know, Twitter? Where are they online right now? And then how else can you solve their problems? So if you can't actually deliver the thing that you actually sell, like if you're not a coach or a course or a right. consultant like I am, where I, my business can continue just as it always has been, it's been crazy because I've gone so deep into this, how do you serve? And I've started putting out as much content as I can to help people to see how I can solve these problems for them. Hmm. And let's say a dentist. So my kid's dentist was also my dentist when I was a kid. And he is the most amazing human ever, talks like Donald Duck, sings to the kids <laughs> while they're getting their teeth done. And I really, I would so love it if he would show up and realize how else can I solve my client's problems while we're all in this situation. That's and a it, great point. He could do videos like how to deal with anxiety. That's mm -hmm. what he does as a dentist with his kids all day long. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. And then the final thing, which wasn't really touched on earlier, which I would love to highlight is to ask yourself, how can they pay and how can they play? <laughs> so here's what I mean. And this, I have a whole post for artists where um, I'm a musical theater performer in my past life. I host a Broadway themed open mic night that we do every month and we're shifting it online where oh, cool. everybody's going to be able to come on and sing on camera. It's going to be awesome. It's on Monday. But for a lot of artists and for a lot of people whose gigs were taken away, there are so many people who have lost their ability to make an income right now. And I, while I think we don't want to be selling, we have to keep money going through the economy so that we don't fully collapse. So here's two ways to be able to bring in income. One is put out valuable video and like, um, or valuable content. 
I think video is the best, obviously, but valuable content. And like Lou is using Patreon and he said that his Patreon subscribers have gone up, which is awesome. It's super simple to just use a paypal.me link that's open-ended. So when I, when this first happened on Friday, I was like, went into full uh, depression, panic. How can I help Mm -hmm. people? All my theater friends have lost their jobs. All the musicians can't work. What's happening? And so I opened up one of my courses, which is called Sell It First, about how to build an online business. We don't actually... We weren't even selling it at this point. Last time we did, it was $4.97. I opened it up, pay what you can. And I'm donating all the money from it to theater organizations in our area. So all I had to do was put my paypal.me link and we've had people go in some people giving a dollar some people giving hundreds of dollars in order to give back and i think we need to remember that there are people out there who are wanting to give back right so because they realize what's happening so you mentioned like you have a lot of artist friends who are are really struggling and and some yeah. you know how do we keep people engaged via our social channels when we can't usually we can't do those gigs or we can't do our our usual events should i actually hold off in promoting any of my organization's future events until, you know, it's a little bit more clear in the future or should I still do that? Or what are your thoughts on that, Molly? Yeah, I saw, I saw this question. So I love it. So I know that it can be scary when you have an in-person event coming up. That's at a point, like, let's say you have an in-person event coming up in June and that like, we better be back in real life by then. But what if we're not like, do you put stuff in action for that. And so I would say this is an awesome opportunity to start offering some sort of an online virtual event before we get to that other one, like other things that you can offer online and let people know we're ready to switch this to an in to an online event. But right now it's still happening, right? And you can make that transition and you want to make sure that you know, you've built that list off of Facebook. You continue to build that list off of the social media platforms, mm-hmm. but give your people a way to come together to get value as soon as possible. The more that you show up right now, because a lot of people are starting to show up, the more that you show up as that leader in your community, the more people will will be ready to jump right back into the things that you offer, probably even at a more emphatic pace. Awesome. Is that? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, It's also, there's an ability that, you know, in addition to putting a paypal.me link Mm -hmm. to have a membership of some sort. So you can open a Facebook group and start a membership community where you're giving people a paid community where they're together, you're providing value content support of some sort to help them get through this, to help them to do things in their lives and their business. Mm-hmm. And people are going to want to be able to thank you energetically in the form of money. Mm. So one of the questions in our comments was, now you mentioned a couple of areas, uh, places where you could be reposting uh, or sharing your content, like other social media sites, but are there any other where we could be taking this off of the sites necessarily or, mm. or onto your own website? Like where, like what is the mix there of, of where should people be showing up? Because it, I also feel like there's a lot of places where people are showing up. I'm a little overwhelmed right now, right? To be quite right. honest. Right. And, and so uh, where are other places that people are putting content and is generating that, I want to say sense of community. Yeah. And, and this is something that I agree with you that it's like, I've been spending, I've spent literally eight years trying to convince people to use online, well, not online video, but to show up. And now yeah. everyone, I mean, I'm sure many of you as marketers, like, we are at an awesome place where we already understand this stuff, right? But we're also getting inundated by people who are like, oh my gosh, what's Zoom? And I'm like, right. what's Zoom? Like, what are you talking about? But because it's such a normal thing for us, right. right? Yeah. So recognize, yes, the playing field is even, which means there's going to be a lot of noise. Because you're so good at this, Molly. And I, and I have told people about what you do and how you 
activate uh, your live video. So mm -hmm. I would love for you to share some unique ways that you get people to engage with your live streams, you know, yeah. how, how you act like activate your people in the comments, because I think you're just genius okay. at that. Okay, thanks. So we have some a couple of really cool tricks. And it's so here's one, one of my favorites, which I know Kim has started using as right. well, which is really fun. Kim Garst, who we love. So we use this thing called a nugget. And so Facebook doesn't like us. And this can work on any platform when you're using live video. It even can work when you share a post. So I'll share the whole strategy, but no, this can work anywhere. Even on a Zoom, if you're pulling people off of the platform or onto something, you know, like Crowdcast, this can work here too. Right. So um, there's two reasons you don't want to keep saying, comment and let me know this. Comment and let me know that. Would you like to answer this question? Drop a comment. One is that the platforms don't like us to say that. Facebook has told us that that will reduce your organic reach because it seems like engagement bait. Two is that it stops the flow of the conversation. So if you're going to be repurposing this, like you may be doing right here, into a podcast... And the whole time you're talking to the viewers and you're saying, let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. And then someone's listening to it on an Alexa briefing later. They can't do that. So what we do, because we still want to have, we want to be feeding the social platform. Um, I say it's a social triangle, which is Facebook or whatever the platform is, the person that you're talking to and you, we want to be feeding that. So I give them the ability to enter a giveaway and we do a giveaway every single show. I actually give away a selfie light that we send people in the mail. Sometimes other things, but mostly the same selfie light. It's branded. It's awesome. We sell them for $20, but I mail it out for reals in the mail. And what you do is you give a nugget and you use the hashtag nugget. And then you share the tip or the strategy or the aha that you had during that video. And I'm sure you guys have seen this also, Jeff, as the, it's going like more and more people are commenting kind of live transcriptioning your shows. And it's so awesome. And it gets the people who are watching the show to have more of a conversation as well. Yeah. So I, that's, that's just awesome. one. Do you have any other ones? Because I mean, that, that one works so well yeah. and we have been using that too. So it's just, it's yeah. Amazing. So I also am just like, rather than saying, let me know in the comments, I'm always saying like, what do you think? I use what we call a Mr. Rogers style conversation. So I'm not here speaking to, Hey, everybody in Facebook land. Hey, all my community members. Hey, whatever, you know, and it slips out. Sometimes I'll be like right now, if there's any mall stars, let me know the mall stars are right, here. Right, right. I'll things like that. <laughs> but for the most part, I'm speaking to you as a human being who's here listening to us. Because yes, we can be talking to thousands, but if you're talking to thousands, you're probably talking to no one. You want to be talking to one so that then the technology can allow that message to go to thousands. And the more that you think of it that way, the more easy it is to be like, oh yeah, and, and you know, just let me know if you have a question as opposed yeah. to, Put the question in the question box. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I think it's, it's not something, it's not the way that I was, I did it in the beginning. If you go back and watch my old videos, I didn't used to do that. Right. And also one more thing I'll say is that, you know, when it comes to having a specific call to action on your video, we love to use mini chat, which I know someone was asking earlier, it's M-A-N-Y, not mini. Everyone thinks I say right, mini chat, right, right. mini chat. And it will reply to a comment for you inside messenger. But sometimes there's other things that I want to share that I don't necessarily, like you don't want to give a link right away because it sends your people off of the video. Right. Mm -hmm. So in the middle of it, I'll say something like when we did this sell at first launch, I had a bot set up that went to a, a free gift. And then I said, if you're interested in our sell at first program, just give me the word sell it first below and I'll come back and reach out to you. Mm, that's genius. I, I get that. It seems like it can be like, are you kidding me? I'm going to have to talk to all these people. And I will say to you, yes. <laughs> yes. You're going to have to talk to people. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. 
So every, everybody <laughs> listening to this, this stuff works. I've seen it yeah. over and over and I've seen, I've taken Molly's suggestions on some of my own stuff and other, other clients. I mean, it just, it just works. So um, make sure that if you're not following Molly, that you do uh, do that. Yeah. But uh, Molly, where can people find out more about you? Yeah. If you go to molly.live, there's so much goodness there. So you'll see more about it, where to find us on social, a video content planner, all kinds of goodness. And we put out same as Lou, actually, we go live every Wednesday as well. I wonder if we're at the same time. I don't know. Um, but we're live every Wednesday and then the replays are there. So, you know, and honestly, we're doing more video right now than we ever have because I, there's fundamental questions that so many people have. So I'm showing up and, and answering those as much as possible. That's awesome. So make sure you check her out. And you've even got people in the comments here on Crowdcast going, we love our performer selfie light. So it works. So that's very cool. (laughs) Molly, thank you so much for being here. And we will make sure to have you on again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Molly. Bye. Awesome, man. What a fire hose of information on today's show. This has been pretty cool. So we got a couple more news items. We're going to wrap up really quick. Uh, First of all, Twitter uh, enables users to invite guests ahead of live streams. Um, This is just they've updated its video feature by rolling out a new option to add up to three audio people in their live streams before they begin to broadcast. It's a little different that you can do this, but you can't. It's kind of a new addition. So you can't really join in as a video guest before. And it's kind of confusing. Uh, but if you're into that, if you're streaming a lot live on Twitter, make sure you go check that out. And Grace will make sure to drop that into the uh, notes that go out on Saturday. And I think what it is, is there's no green room in Twitter. Right, exactly. So you can invite them. And then the other cool thing is it sends them an invitation, but through DMs. And so it is, it's actually encouraging. It's another way to encourage that private conversation, that one-on-one. And so you do have to start your broadcast uh, before they can actually come in and join right, you. But right. anyway, it's a good way to like bring people in. And by <clears> the way, <throat> I dusted off Twitter this week and like has really, I've really gotten into it now that I have all this time <laughs> you, on my hands. That's right. You don't have anything else to do. So, but the the thing too is, um, I do want to point out if you're using third party tools, I don't think many of them have this enabled yet. If you're doing like simulcasting to, you know, like Periscope, if you're doing a Facebook Live or whatever, I haven't mm-hmm. seen those rolled out to tools yet. I'm sure that it's going to be coming soon. And these are audio only broadcasts. Right. So it's like you're on there and then everyone else can link in. So it's more like a podcast, but yeah. uh, with you as a host. So, yeah. and then one other thing Instagram is testing the option to share Instagram live stream. So again, Everyone is uh, dusting off their their uh, video tools and and seeing what they can do with it. So this is the option to uh, share Instagram live streams to IGTV. This was a found in the wild by our favorite tech researcher and reverse engineer, Jane Manchin Wong. Instagram has not confirmed whether this is an external test, internal test, what they're doing with it. But it seems to make sense because as you recall, Jeff, we did talk about on the show that they are rolling out ads right. to IGTV. Of course they are. And so, yeah. So of course that was an internal test. They were just like prototyping it inside. Well, Bloomberg.com reports that as of last Friday, they did start reaching out to some of their top creators to test this out. So strategically, it makes sense that they mm-hmm. are looking for ways to help people easily build up their IGTV content library. And what better way to do it than your Instagram lives stories that you can then post onto IGTV. So, yep. and that's the news this week. Yeah. And, and 
Make sure that for more of the more details, links, and everything that we've talked about today uh, will be in the Social Media Marketing Talk Show Recap that publishes on Saturdays at Social Media Examiner. You can find out more at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash news. And don't forget, this is a podcast. So you can go and subscribe to this the podcast in case you miss a week. It's on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. New episodes publish every Saturday. We'd love for you guys to leave us a review and uh, comment on there. And our next show is on Friday, March 27th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. You can sign up to get on our calendar by going to socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash live show. Thanks, everybody, for all these great comments. I think we almost broke yeah. Crowdcast today. Thank you to our audience for showing up for us. We do the show for you, and we are so happy you could join us today. And a special thank you to our guests, of course, Lou Mangello and Molly Mahoney. I think we all learned a lot from this show. I hope you did. I certainly did, and definitely excited. So take care, everyone. Be safe, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.